everybody. Welcome to the New Market Alliance Church podcast, where you're invited to not just attend church or watch church, or in this case, listen to church, but actually go and be the church. For everything you need to know about our community, be sure to go to newmarketalliance.ca and maybe even drop us a line to let us know you're listening. We read everything you send and we'll be sure to get back to you. Our worship service happens every Sunday at 10 a.m. in person or streaming online. We want you to know you absolutely matter to God and you absolutely matter to us. Everyone is welcome and wanted. Now, let's join today's teaching. You um, love a good story. And I just don't even answer that because it's a rhetorical question. Of course you do. Of course you do. Everyone does. Children love stories. Even in an age of computer games and, and social media, there's something so resonant about this phrase, once upon a time. And uh, in fact, scientifically speaking, our brains are wired for story, for narrative. Neuroscientists are confirming the impact of stories on our brain, how, how they foster connections between the listener and the storyteller, how they develop these neural pathways, how we better understand information through stories. It's, it's honestly something I think I need to get um, better at as a, as a preacher because um, I'm like most preachers. I'm trying to constantly push propositions right? Push theological statements, which honestly is hard for our brains to make stick. Story sort of provides the, the um, pegboard, I guess, for propositions to, to stick. And so, so teachers in the room, like if you have an older class and you, you want to teach about the history of the Holocaust, for instance, um, watch Schindler's List. Watch uh, the boy in the striped pajamas, and then teach the facts, the dates, the history. They'll never forget it. You, you notice someone else who, who primarily taught in stories? Jesus. Parables, metaphors, illustrations. He, he was even willing to let these stories kind of speak for themselves and not be fully understood and let people kind of chew on them and wrestle with them for a bit. Sometimes our favorite movies are those ones that don't sort of lay out everything cleanly, but kind of you're left thinking about them weeks later after you leave the theater. And it's always fun, especially around this time of year, around the deck, around the campfire, to get together with people and start swapping stories. Let me tell you about a time when I overcame this problem. Let me... uh, let me tell you about a time that I set a goal and accomplished it. Let me tell you about a time that I was at this crossroads in my life and I made the right decision. Uh, let me tell you about this funny time when I did something really stupid. Um, every single one of you in this room has a story, a great story that you can tell. And, and I'll bet all of us have stories that we would rather not tell, uh, maybe even whole chapters of our life where we'd rather not let anybody know. You might try to edit out some of your story or change them a little bit or maybe stretch the truth about some details or maybe leave entire sections of your story out because you're actually 
ashamed of parts of your story. You know, what's so interesting to me is to think back over my life and realize how many, like, seemingly insignificant decisions turned really significant over the course of my life. Like, do you ever think about that? It's kind of like the sliding doors theory or the, the Marvel multiverse theory. Like, you go back and think, you know, somebody invited me to be part of a co-ed softball team and so I decided to go play, and there on second base was, you know, McDreamy or McSteamy or, or whoever, and it was like my version of love at first sight, and now it's been 15 years of a pretty great marriage, all because I agreed to be part of this softball team, which you were like this close to saying no to, or, or, or maybe you're in college and you've got to get just one elective and, and there's this class on film appreciation, and you thought, well, that sounds like an easy credit. And, but wouldn't you know it, you kind of fell in love with the class, and you got passionate about film, and you changed your major, and now you're in this burgeoning film industry in Canada, and all because, you know, you enrolled in what you thought was an insignificant elective. People of faith have a word for that. We call it providence. It's, it's coincidences that aren't because God has a plan for your life. Um, if, I, if, if I tell my story this summer, you'll see that it's just filled with the providence of God. You know, as elders, we have started our meetings by one elder sharing their personal testimony, their story, one elder per meeting. And already, like, I can just see the fingerprints of God on people's story, the providence in their stories. And I bet if we passed the mic around and, and heard from you, you would just see how God's fingerprints are on your story. And sometimes we look back and we think, man, I had no idea how that small, insignificant decision would impact my life in this really negative way as well. You look back and think, I wish I'd never said that. I wish I'd never gone there. I wish I'd never become friends with that person because when I made that decision, I had no idea how my story would turn out for the worse. And it, if you think about it this way, the decisions that we made yesterday determine the stories that we'll tell today. Whoa, you just blew my mind, bro. It's true. In fact, the decisions that you make today will determine the stories that you tell tomorrow. So the, so the big question I have for you today is like, how do we live a story worth telling? We want a story that is worth telling. How do we live a life that produces the kind of story that we want to tell? And, and the answer, I believe, can be summed up in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on, I'm sorry, who? Jesus, who is what? Let's all say it aloud. The author and perfecter of our faith. Wouldn't it be amazing if, if you let Jesus become the author of your life, help you to live the story that God wants you to tell? Like, we, we kind of partner in his, in his authorship, don't we? Jesus is like our ghostwriter, our Holy Ghostwriter. 
And, and he will not manipulate or cajole or, or force us into a storyline that we don't consent to. He won't do it. Which means we're going to have to make some personal decisions about the kind of story that we want to tell. And, and for the purposes of today, I just want to separate them into four decisions. There's going to be things that we're going to have to decide to start. And then there are things we're going to have to decide to stop. And there are times where we're going to have to listen to God when he asks us to stay. But there are other times when it would be easier to stay. But in order to tell the story that God wants us to tell, we're going to have to decide to go. So, so what is the story that God wants you to tell five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, at the end of your life? And I'll bet if we're really honest, we'll, we'll sit back and say, well, yeah, there is this one area of my life that's not really going the way it should. The chapter that I'm writing right now is not, is not going to end well if, if I keep on this trajectory. I need to make some changes. And for some of you, it might be you need to have a different financial story. Um, and so if you were to start... One discipline today. Um, and I don't know what that is for you. It, it could be to start a budget. It could be to start getting a mentor in finances. Or you start cutting up your credit cards or whatever. But if you start getting a hold of your finances today, like maybe five years from now, this could be your story. You know, um, I can hardly even believe it. It was five years ago, and we were living paycheck to paycheck, and we were drowning in debt, and we started fill in the blank. And now after five years of, of disciplined and hard-fought um, years, we are completely out of debt. We have no more credit card debt, no more student loan debt. We paid off everything and, except the house, and we're on track to pay that off in seven years. That could be your story. If you were to start something today that allows you to tell that story later, it could be for some of you, God wants you to have the right priorities because you, if you're honest, you don't really have them right now. And maybe five years from now, if you start a discipline today, your story might be something like this. Um, several years ago, I wasn't a good husband. I wasn't a good mom. I was pursuing my career more than I was pursuing God. And I told myself that I was doing this for my family, but if I'm being totally honest, um, I was probably doing it for myself. But one day, I started to come home at five. Um, I started to leave my work at the office. Uh, I've, I've, I've got the marriage that I wanted. I've got, I've got kids who know me again. Um, I'm involved in their lives, and, and they in mine. Like, that could be your story if if you'll start a certain discipline today. And for some of you, it, it's more of a story about the way you take care of your body, this temple of the Holy Spirit. You may be able to say several years from now a story like this. Well, it's hard to believe, but a few years ago, I actually weighed 40 pounds, 50 pounds, 70 pounds over what this number is. And it's so amazing because I just I started to eat right. I started exercising. I started whatever. And uh, I feel good about myself. I've got more energy because 
I started this fill-in-the-blank, and I can tell a better story now. So, so let me ask you, based on the story that you know God wants you to tell, um, what do you need to start? What do you need to start? I could tell you about Nehemiah, who had this sweet job in the palace, but God gave him this holy discontent. He couldn't just be happy with this comfortable job with the royals. He saw that God's city, Jerusalem, uh, was in ill repair. The, the walls of the city were in ruins, and he couldn't stand it anymore. But he had to count the costs. It, it came at a cost of, well, starting to act like a leader, uh, uh, it came with the cost of reputational damage. In fact, when he goes to Jerusalem and all the naysayers are out there and they're telling him why he's wrong and why he's being traitorous, he says this in Nehemiah 2.10, I replied, the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will... Sorry, what's that next word? Start rebuilding this wall. What do you need to Start in order to tell the story that God wants you to tell. And here's the key, and I, I don't want you to pick seven or eight things, okay? Because you'll be tempted to do that, but um, the truth is if you do seven or eight or nine things, you're not going to do any things. Uh, ask God to show you one thing today. Commit to one and, and say, Lord, what discipline... Do I need to start today so that I can tell uh, a better story in the future? Some of you, you might have a deep insecurity. You might have deep shame, uh, addiction. There might be childhood wounds. Uh, and you need to submit yourself to someone else's wisdom. Someone to say, you know, here's the lies that you're believing. Here's what the Bible says. Here's, here's the truth of how to renew your mind. Um, in other words, you need to start counseling, maybe. And you may dis may, maybe you need to start making God's word more of a priority in your life. I, I don't know what it is for you. God will tell you if, if you have the ears to hear, if you seek God. We're going to just um, stop here, and I'm going to come back for, for part two. But as we contemplate, like... What is the story God wants us to tell? Uh, what is a story worth living? I, I know the reason many of us don't start something is because of fear. And I want you to know, folks, fear is not our future. Fear is not our story. Jesus is our story. Faith is our story. Hope is our story. Heartbreak is not your story. Jesus is your story. Even death is not our story. What is God asking you to stop? In light of the story that God wants to tell through you and your life, what needs to stop? And, and again, maybe just pick one. Some of you, you're thinking of things um, that you need to stop externally. You need to stop flipping people off, okay? You're, you're, you need to stop getting wasted on weekends. You need to stop choosing your phone over people. You need to stop looking at porn. You need, um, maybe others, you're mature enough that you kind of feel you've stopped most of those 
negative external behaviors, but don't sit back and go, oh, I've got this covered. Because you probably need to stop something internally. In fact, I would argue all day long that it's less our external behavior and more our internal sin nature that what gets us into trouble most times. A bad attitude, a, a critical spirit, a worrying, negative self-talk, always taking offense, whatever it is, you, you may need to ask the Lord to help you stop something internally. And I want to go back to Hebrews 12, but I want to start with the verse that comes before the part about Jesus being the author and perfecter of our faith. This is what the writer to Hebrews says. He, he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, what should we do? Everybody say this out loud. Let us throw off everything that hinders. Um, yeah, let's keep going. Yes, that was, a, that was a joyful noise. It was good. I'm asking you to pick one thing that hinders and, and one thing that could hinder your future story and throw it off. Cast it down. Stop it. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. If there's something entangling uh, your story, your relationship with God, your future, I, I want us to stop doing what will hinder that story and let us run with perseverance uh, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus who's the author and perfecter. When, when you fix your eyes on Jesus, I'm not talking about some behavior modification program, okay? Anyone can do that. I'm talking about a spiritual transformation and, and you may look at that and say, look, I've tried to stop. I can't. I am telling you by the power of Christ who is in you, you can stop. You can stop anything that he asks you to because that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead actually dwells in you. And, and those who believe in him can, by his power, stop. Uh, why does it matter? It matters because the decisions that we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. And if, if you're writing the wrong story, stop today. You, you may say, my story's not perfect. Neither is mine, not by a long shot. But guess what? Our stories aren't finished yet. Our Savior Jesus can help us live the story that he wants to tell. Now, this question may be for someone else in the room. You're going through a, a trying season right now. You're up against an obstacle. Maybe it's a job that you don't think you can do or endure another day. Maybe it's a relationship that has gone south and you're like, this might not even be worth staying anymore. Maybe it's a dream or a vision, something that you're trying to accomplish and you think, this is never going to happen. And you're faced with the decision, should I stay or should I go? Dun, 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 dun. Uh, um, there's a song. Uh, but, and beyond a shadow of a doubt, we do need to acknowledge that there, there are appropriate times to walk away. There are times in our lives where we need a chapter to end and a new chapter to begin. There are necessary endings. 
But maybe the question you need to wrestle with today is this. What if the best decision I can make is to stay when it would be much easier to go? Uh, sometimes the best decision you can make is to actually stay the course when it'd be so much easier to walk away. Maybe some of you, you're in, you're in college right now, and you think, I, I can't do it. I, it's too expensive. It's too time-consuming. It's too big a hill. I can't climb it. And so you can do what a lot of people do, and it might be the right thing for you to do. I don't know, but maybe you walk away instead of finish. Or God may speak to you and say, hey, you're not a quitter, you're a finisher. And so you keep your head down and you work two jobs and you may not go the four-year route, you may go the Jonathan seven-and-a-half-year plan, but you remain. And semester after semester, you plow away class after class, two classes here, what summer school, until one day you wake up and you realize you've got a degree. And your story turns out, wasn't easy, but it's, I've got a job in a, in a field that I otherwise wouldn't have got because I'm not a quitter, I'm a finisher, and I decide to stay when it would have been easier to quit. Will that be your story? Some of you, it might be a problem that comes up in, in church one day. Problems don't come up at church, right? Someone hurts you. Someone offends you. Someone does something and you're like, forget these people. Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. I don't need this. Can I tell you something? This is something I've been regularly tempted to do. And that can be your story. It's a lot of people's story. Or you can say, you know what? They hurt me but I'm going to do for them what Christ did for me. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to work through it. I'm going to, I'm going to stay there. And then years later, your story is something like, you know, I got, I got really hurt, but I forgave them, and they forgave me. And, you know, now we're close, and I'm so glad I stayed in church because spiritually I'm now at a place that I never was before. And now one of the high points in my life is, is actually... I'm making a difference in this world as the church. Um, I, I, I don't just go to church. I am the church. And my life is different because I decide to stay when it would have been way easier to go. I, I, I can't cover every caveat in this, uh, but I, I need to be clear on this one. I think if you're being uh, abused, if you have someone who is hitting you, abusing you, you, you need to leave. You need to leave. Uh, you are no one's punching bag. I'm telling you to get away and be safe. I'll rent the moving van myself if I have to. Maybe there's a way to work on relationship stuff, but it doesn't have to be under the same roof. I'm referring more to this societal temptation where we see one, of, one or other of the spouse say, I'm not very happy. I'm going to call it a day. Um, he's not meeting my needs, and the trainer at the gym, he sure compliments me a lot. Um, my wife, she's not you know, that exciting, and the girl at work, she's kind of fun. So when your marriage gets to that point where it's a struggle, and, and guess what, you soon-to-be newlyweds, 
uh, there will be a struggle, I assure you, because we're sinful people and we're all difficult to live with in some way. But you need to ask yourself, what story do you want to tell? Well, kids, we gave it a shot for a little while, but we just weren't happy. And that's a lot of people's story. What I hope you'll say is something like, sometimes the greatest act of faith is faithfulness, staying where you're planted. Um, that you would remember Galatians 6, 9 and preach it to your own heart. Jonathan, do not grow weary in doing good, for at a proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not, what? If you don't give up. Don't give up. The decisions that we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. And sometimes the best decision you can make is to stay when it would be a lot easier to go. But, but, it could be the exact opposite that God, depending on how God is speaking to you and what's best for your story, sometimes the best decision you can make is to go when it would be easier to stay. Sounds like I'm contradicting myself. No, it's just, it, it really depends on how God is leading you. Some of you know the story of Abraham, who used to be called Abram, and Sarah, who used to be called Sarai. Abram was living in the land of Ur and worshiping a false god named uh, Nanner. Uh, if you're my age or older and you're tempted to say uh, Nanner, Nanner, uh, you can do that. I won't judge you. Um, if you're younger than me and you're like, what, huh? Um, it was the 80s. It was cheesy, but we had a good time. So there he was, Abram, in this land of Ur, worshiping a false god. And the one true God comes to him, and he gives him this very simple, very direct command. It's found in Genesis 12. The Lord says to Abram, Abram, leave your country, your father, sorry, your people and your father's household, and do what? Go. Go, go to the land I will show you. Leave and go. Leave and go, and I will bless you beyond what you and Sarai thought was even possible. It seems, it seems too obvious to even say out loud, but I'll go ahead and say it. To go somewhere else, you have to leave where you are. And, and to go somewhere else, you have to leave what is known, what is comfortable, what's predictable, what's easy. When you step toward your destiny, you might just have to step away from your security. And you're like, but I have friends here. I've got, my house is almost paid for here. I like the schools here. I've got my best friend here. I, we've been friends since we were 12. You know, I, I, the lady down the street cuts my hair. And, and these were all things I imagine that Abram wrestled with. And yet God was calling him to go to a place he knew nothing of. Now, just stop for a moment and think, what if, what if Abram said no? You know, today a lot of people refer to God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If, if Abram didn't go, there wouldn't be an Isaac, there wouldn't be a Jacob, and he would not be known as the God of Abraham because Abraham would still be back in Ur with Nanner Nanner, right? There are untold consequences that would be different if Abram didn't have the faith to obey God. And so maybe someone needs to hear this this morning. I don't know who, 
there's going to come a chapter in your life when you sense there's something new, something different. And to go where you believe you're supposed to go, but you're going to have to leave where you are. And if you don't have the faith to do it and instead live in fear, you'll have no idea of the blessings you'll miss. And so sometimes the best decision you can make is to go when it would be easier to stay. And where is God maybe asking you to go? It may not even be geographical. It may be, it, it may be more metaphorical, but you need to go somewhere. A year from now, you might say, I had no idea that, that serving the food insecure in my community or, or being an adult leader at Rock, ministering to teenagers, could make such a profound difference in my life. Maybe for someone, there's a, there's a book inside of you that needs to be set free. You know, quit your excuses, open up your laptop, and start typing. But what do I type? I don't know, start with introduction, and then go from there. I was born at a young age. And see what, you know, some of you... There's a, some of you, there's a business that you may start. And years from now, your story may be, you know, we started with nothing and we didn't know. We, we, look what's happened. And, and we sought God in faith. And uh, some of you, God might call you to, to foster or adopt. And you're like, God, I need details. What's going to happen? And God is like, you can't handle the details. You can't handle the truth. And you may need just to take a step of faith and go ahead when it would be easier to do nothing. Hey, single guys in the room, like there may be a nice single gal four rows over. And uh, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go and brush your teeth and um, s s smell, smell your pits, look for your cleanest shirt, dab some goop in your hair, and uh, muster up some courage and ask her out. Um, and she may marry you. And when she does, and maybe you'll have a son, you can name him Jonathan. <laughs> Why? Because God used me to inspire you to get off your lazy single butt, right? By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. How will you do it? You will do it by faith. When God calls you to go, but you don't know where you're going, how will you go? You'll go by faith. Now you may say, but I don't have the faith to finish the journey. That's okay. You don't have to have the faith to finish. You just have to have the faith to start. Just to take one step. Can you do that? One step. You take the first step of faith and you let God do the rest. You don't have to have the faith to finish. You just have to have the faith to take the first step. So I don't know uh, what you're going to have to have the faith to do this morning. Uh, one day, you're going to have to tell a story and your life will either be, there's this chapter in my life where I sensed God was calling me to do something and by faith I went when it would have been easier to stay. Or 
Your story could be, by fear I did nothing. One of two stories. I pray that you'll have the courage to partner with Jesus in the story he is writing for your life. That you would decide maybe to start a discipline today that will change the direction of your story. Maybe you need to have the courage to stop something, even today, that hinders you from telling the story God wants you to tell. By faith, I pray that some of you would have the courage perhaps to stay, stay the course and be faithful where you've, plant, where you've been planted, where, where it might be easier to throw in the towel and go. Maybe for some of you, when the time is right and, and you sense God's calling, I pray that you'll have the faith to go, that you would take a step of faith when it would be so much easier to stay. Uh, because the decisions you make today Determine the stories you tell tomorrow. And we want to live a life worth telling the story of for the glory of God. So, so we fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author, who is the perfecter of our faith. That's the story I want to tell. When I, when I come to the end of this life, will it be a story of how much I accumulated uh, how hard I worked or it will be a, a story of relationships of love, putting my faith in Jesus when I could have put my faith in the world what's the story